This show is designed to give general information related to investing in finance. Neither Aaron Katzman, his guests, nor the radio station are rendering legal, tax, or specific investment advice. If you need such advice, contact a licensed advisor. Katzman Show. I'm your host, Aaron Katzman. We're here to speak to you about your life, your money, and your investments. And as always, we're coming to you from the spiritual and soon-to-be financial capital of the world, Jerusalem, Israel. If you've got any questions or comments, feel free to email me at Aaron, A-A-R-O-N, at Lighthouse with an L, lighthousecapital.co.il. That's Aaron, lighthousecapital.co.il. You can check me out on the web at www.aaronkatzman.com. That's www.aaronkatzman, aaronkatzman.com. You can find me on Twitter. And of course, be sure to subscribe to our brand new YouTube channel at Aaron Katzman, where you get all the content, you get the podcasts, you get the videos, you get the interviews. Maybe there'll even be some surprises. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. So today I'd like to speak to you about how much risk you should take in your investments. This is like a, a, a big issue um, for investors. Um, how, when they allocate their portfolio, how risky should there be? Should they be, excuse me? And what ends up happening is both clients and investors, clients are the investors, clients and advisors spend an inordinate amount of time trying to understand a client's risk profile. They advisors will use questionnaires, which ask all kinds of questions to try and pinpoint the time horizon of an investment, um, how much investment knowledge a client has, um, how they would react over certain market scenarios. The problem with these questionnaires, I would say, is they only paint a picture based on current trends. Um, and we are, I think, investors and some to extent advisors. Um, are really, really influenced by current trends. What do I mean by current trends? Well, um, Israeli Nobel Prize, uh, economic Nobel Prize laureate Daniel Kahneman explained this concept, and I quote, the decision-making process is basically inferring from recent trends as if they were to continue. That seems to be the information that people go on. And so when things have been getting worse for a while, you become pessimistic. And when things have been getting better for a while, you become optimistic. And it's those feelings that really control the investment, I think. I think 2020 puts this into perspective or puts really puts us in, is emphasized what Kahneman is saying, right? At the beginning of the year, um, markets were at all time high. Um, people were saying, oh my God, tech stocks are overvalued. How can they be so high? And then Corona came and whap, right? Everything, woo! right? Everything fell apart. The market lost a third of its value. Um, and what happened then? Well, clients were, most clients weren't really in the mood um, to buy stocks, right? They wanted to, you know, as they say in Israel, go into the miklat. It's like a safe zone, right? They, they, they didn't want to hear from the risk, right? They wanted to lower their risk levels. Fast forward a few months, and the fall of 2020, and the market's been on a tear led by, by tech stocks. And all you hear is the clients calling up and saying, you know what, we want, I want to buy tech, right? I, got, I heard about this new company called Tesla. Have you heard about it? 
<laughs> you know, it's all, well, it's up 500% or so since it's uh, over the course of 2020, I've heard about it, um, right? Clients change based on which way the wind is, is blowing almost. Um, and that's where no matter how, quote unquote, scientific you want to get and how, how many questionnaires you want clients to fill out, ultimately, they're almost creatures of current trends. Now, I'll, I'm going to speak personally, uh, go back in time um, a couple of decades, and I just moved to Israel, and I was cleaning toilets, literally cleaning toilets um, to pay the rent. And I'd started out in the financial services industry, and I started learning about options. And I saw, hey, you know, this is easy money. I'm going to trade options. It's <laughs> pretty simple, right? And again, we're going way, way back in time. So I took $1,000, and I started trading options. And then I needed to fly back home to Seattle. And I had to pay for my own ticket. And I had no money because, right, I was spending my time cleaning toilets. And I decided, well, this is simple, right? I'm going to trade options and I'm going to get rich and I'm going to pay for my airline ticket and then some. And you know what? I, I succeeded. I turned my $1,000 into a lot of money and I flew to the States. And then I got back to Israel. And you know what happened? I was cleaning toilets again. You know, you know why? Because I thought I was so invincible trading options that I lost all my money that I'd started out with. Um, I, was, I was walking the other day with a friend and we were talking, he asked me about options. I actually told him this story and he was fascinated by it because he, he was an older gentleman who's retired and he, he was getting some newsletters and like that. And they were talking about how much money you can make in options. And I told him my own story. And he said, well, why do you think that is? And I said, you know what? Because I thought I was like, invincible. I was God's gift to investing. And I could take any amount of risk I wanted because I had the secret sauce and I was never wrong. And what I explained to him is then in terms of the options is, you know, as soon as you make some money or I, what I told him really was that it's much harder to make money than it is to lose money. What do I mean by that? Well, you know, when you're making the money, you, you buy something, it goes up, you sell it. Um, and you do that again. When you start losing money, it's almost psychological. It's like, well, you know, okay, so the trade so far hasn't worked, but I've got, you know, two more months until options expire and I can never be wrong, right? Because I've made so much money trading options, I'm always right. And that's where if you're trading stocks and trading options, that's where it really gets, gets you because you never, once you've had some successes, it's very, very hard for you to admit that you might be wrong. It's pretty much human nature, right? We're never wrong. And when you, when it comes to investing, if you're never wrong, and you can't admit your mistakes, ultimately, that's going to be really, really costly. And that's what happened to me. Um, like I said, it's our short-term memory, which really skews our perception. My hunch is, and I haven't seen any, uh, any surveys about this, but if you give an investor a risk profile questionnaire to fill out um, in the middle of a bull market, the answers to that questionnaire are going to be far different than if you um, fill out the same questionnaire during a bear market. That's just, I, I'm positive. That's just the way that investors are. Um, so what should you do, right? So what if I, I haven't clarified anything regarding risk, right? I said, well, when things are great, you want to take more risk. When things aren't good, you want to take less risk, which probably means you want to do the opposite, right? Because you want to buy low and sell high. But, but leave that for a second, because there's more to investing than just making as much money as humanly possible and taking as much risk as humanly possible. You know, as I have stressed over and over and over again, investors really need to focus on their goals. 
That's what's important, right? The money is invested for a reason, right? It should be used for specific purposes, not to die with the most amount of money possible, right? There, I remember growing up, there was a, a, a bumper sticker, right? Whoever dies with the most money wins. Well, that might be cute, might not be so cute, but it's not so relevant, right? You've got, you've got children to take care of, um, their weddings to pay for, um, retirement, you might want to buy a house someday or, or upgrade your living expenses, your, your living quarters at some point, right? These are all things which require money. Um, and if you're buried with it, it doesn't really help you so much, does it? So what you really should do is take out a pen and paper and prioritize your short and long-term goals and your needs. Then you create your portfolio, which will enable you to um, achieve what really is important for you, right? It's not a function of, well, should I buy this high-tech stock or this utility stock? It's a, about really how everything sort of fits into the pie to create a portfolio for you in a managed risk fashion to enable you um, to achieve whatever it is that you're, you're setting out to do. Now, it might be that you're 25 years old and um, you're making money and you want to start saving. Yeah, in terms of that, you're, you probably don't want to have more risk in your portfolio because why? Well, because you've got 40 years for that money to sit and grow. It might be that you're 55 years old and thinking about retirement, and you've got to take your foot off the gas pedal a little bit. These are all things that go into it, but it's a lot more, right? It's about how much other money you have. Um, do you want to buy a property, right? Retirement, kids, all these other things. And that's really the basis for setting up a portfolio and learning how to manage risk. It's been the Aaron Katzman Show. I'm your host, Aaron Katzman. We speak to you about your life, your money, and your investments. If you got any questions or comments, feel free to email me at Aaron, A-A-R-O-N, at Lighthouse with an L, lighthousecapital.co.il. That's Aaron, lighthousecapital.co.il. You can check me out on the web at www.aaronkantzman.com. That's www.aaronkantzman.com. You can find me on Twitter. And of course, be sure to subscribe to our brand new YouTube channel at Aaron Katzman. It's been great to meet you, and we'll talk to you real soon.